I'm Ed Randall, and you're listening to Baseball and Barbecue. This is Greg Lazinski, and you're listening to Baseball BBQ. Hi, this is Gary Mack of the Mets Musings Podcast, and you're listening to Jeff and Len on Baseball and Barbecue, one of my favorite podcasts, and I know it's one of yours, too. The only problem is, after I get done listening to it, I'm hungry. All right, guys, take it away. Episode number 49, and damn, am I excited. Jeff? You're excited again. Yes, I, I am Len Aberman, and you are... I'm Jeff Cohen. And the reason I'm so excited, guys, episode 49, and it is our two-year anniversary. Jeff, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Two, two years. Two years. Who would have thunk it? That, not me. I think not I, me. I think I said that at the first anniversary show. <laughs> When we, when we started this podcast, we started this podcast thinking, two schmucks talking baseball and barbecue. Well, we're still two we're schmucks. We're still two schmucks. Yeah. But two, two year older schmucks. And, uh, That's right. It, it's been a hell of a ride. It really has. I, I mean, I've, I've got a, a list here that we're going to go over some of the guests that we've had this year. I don't think we'll go back two years. Let's no. we'll just we'll talk about this year. We did we, we talked about one year uh, for our one year anniversary, uh, right out of the gate, back in, let's see January, right of uh, wait a minute let's see I'm looking at our list here, you know what January fifth we released episode number twenty six, and that was on the road with Len and Jeff. Oh, that's when we went to uh, the barbecue festival down in Atlantic City. No, it was not. It was not. It was on the road. Where did we go? I don't know, but because that was in that was in that that barbecue festival was that was episode thirty, and that was baseball and barbecue uh, Atlantic City Expo with baseball talk thrown in. Oh, that was in March. That was in March. Okay. So the question is, where did we go? January fifth on this road trip. <laughs> is that when we went to uh, look at barbecue grills in stores? Probably. Okay. Pro- it probably is. <laughs> we might have wanted to do a little prep give, in advance. Give, and- <laughs> give us a break. It was last year, almost a year ago. <laughs> but that's it. The way we started the year. Okay. All right. We ended up. We had a. Uh, then in January, we also had Gary Mack and Barry Newman. We did Hall of Fame talk. Oh, we're going to do a little of that today. Because yes, we, we did have a couple of a couple of new Hall of Famers who went in via the, I think, the modern committee. Right. And and then, yeah, and then we also want to talk about the ballot. The ballot, yes. For, uh, that's coming up. Uh, it's going to Derek Jeter, yeah, we know. Uh, Derek Jeter, oh. Derek Jeter, we know, we know. Okay, well, we, there's but there's more on the ballot than Derek Jeter, but yeah. No, no. <laughs> Some writer actually put just Derek Jeter just because he wanted Derek Jeter to go in 
by himself. All right, you're so just, just clear the clear the ballot. Just make the Derek Jeter ballot and be done with it. All right, you're jumping the gun. We'll get we will get to that. Let's just talk a little bit about the year in review. Okay, we also we had Shane Draper of Grilla Grills. What a great guest. We had him on a couple of times. Actually, it was such a great interview that well, it was a long interview also. And we split it into two. So we had a part one and a part two. Right. Then we went to Atlantic City. Yes. And before that, we re-released our interview uh, with none other than Negro Leagues Baseball Hall of Fame. Negro Leagues Baseball, I should say, Museum. Bob Kendrick. Right. Who, he should be in the Hall of Fame. That's just my opinion. Right. All right. Then, of course, right, Atlantic City. Uh, We also, you had an interview with Eric Gouldsbury of This Great Game. That's right, This Great Game. Right, which is that website. Great website, check it out. Then we took another road trip. We went to New York City. Uh, We went to the uh, the Museum of the City of New York for the Jackie Robinson exhibit. That was in April. Wow, okay. And we are looking forward to the opening of the Jackie Robinson Museum, which... I believe it's going to be in, is it April of April 2020? April 15, 2020. That's the tentative right. date right now. Right. And then, of course, we had Shane Draper again. Right. But let's take a break from reviewing the year in review and listen to a special anniversary greeting from one of our listeners. Baseball and BBQ, what is up? Happy two-year anniversary. I just wanted to give you guys a call and congratulate you guys on a successful two years. You guys have been really fun to listen to. Your knowledge is impeccable. And I I really look forward to seeing what the future holds with you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, looking forward to seeing you guys or listening to you guys as time goes on. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. That was great. Who was that from? have no clue. Just a loyal listener. No clue, huh? I have no idea who that. But was. thank but you, thank you, thank you. That was very nice. <laughs> they didn't leave their name. Yeah, whoever you are, we thank you. So let's just mention a few other people oh, that we had on. Ed Randall, Ed Randall, the Ed Randall interview. Yeah, that and guys, listen to Ed Randall on Sirius FM on Sirius XM on Saturday mornings and WFAN on on Sunday mornings during the baseball season. He knows more about baseball than than I'll ever know i mean then we'll ever know combined it his stories are great yeah uh we had jamie provience yes jamie. okay cookbook author for weber that's right we had ron swoboda yeah we had todd, todd pratt. pratt we had kyle halverson from thermo works chris epting author of roadside baseball and laurie rubinson of fan sean ludwig of the smoke sheet that's right mark latell right and now we have another anniversary greeting. Hi, this is Gary Mack from Mets Musings and Talking Golf with Gary. And I can't believe it's two years of baseball and barbecue. I must have put on 50 pounds listening to this show. Congratulations, guys, on your two-year anniversary. Let's hope for another 22 years. Well, thank you to the great Gary Mack. You do that pretty well. You know, after two years, I think, do that as well as I do. Okay, thank you very much. But who else did we have on the show since we're reminiscing? Okay, well, let's talk about, uh, let's see, we had on, 
Well, we had David Marks. Right of Operation Barbecue Relief. Yes, we did. You you went on a show without me uh, with uh, Lindell Scranton. You went on that show, Barbecue Tailgate Barbecue Guys. Right, Tailgate Barbecue Guys. Okay, Uh, yeah. And we also had on... We had on Ryan, Ryan Cooper. Cooper, who we wish uh, all the best. I know he's going through some medical issues now. Ryan, your friends here at Baseball and BBQ wish you nothing but the best. Yes, we do. We speedy recovery, Ryan. Then we had a, a, an author of a great book, uh, "The Year of the Pitcher." Sri Dawar Papu came right. on with us. Yes, and then we had uh, we oh we did an we did another uh, on the road on the road right. We went to. We went to the Morris Jumel Mansion, and we had an interview with Neil Scher, right, of the, for the Polo Grounds exhibit. Correct. Okay. All right. And we also went on the road. Well, we had Barry Lyons. We didn't go on the road with Barry, but we did go on the road to Smokehouse Barbecue in Garden City, New York, and we interviewed the pitmaster, none other than Manny Vumvarakis. He was very nice to us. And then... Our last episode before this one, we interviewed Jeremy Beer, author Jeremy Beer, who wrote a great book on Oscar Charleston. And you gave some holiday gift guides. Right. And uh, we talked about all uh, the people that we've had on that you should purchase from. And you know what, Jeff? That's in the past. Yes. Right? And then, uh, I think it was in The Lion King, he hits him or something and he says, uh, ah, why'd you do that? Because sometimes the past hurts or something like that. But that was the past. Yes. Now let's move on. Right. Let's go to the future. Let's talk baseball. Let's talk barbecue. And let's enter year three of baseball and barbecue. Okay. But. But. (laughs) But. Before we do that. We had a email. Yes, and a text. And Should a text. we do them? Should we do them just together? Get them out of the way. Not get them out of the way, but well, all right. Well, why don't you do it? Here's an email from Larry Roush. All right. Hi, Jeff and Len. Congratulations on your upcoming two-year anniversary of the Baseball and BBQ podcast. It's wonderful how you provide your listeners with all these great interviews of interesting people and either their businesses or books they have written. The barbecue segments are great and provide helpful tips with the non-expert barbecue connoisseur, whether it's related to winterizing the grill, purchasing various smokers, or even buying a barbecue thermometer. Your listeners, including myself, are looking forward to many more episodes of your podcast. Keep up the good work. Happy holidays to both you and your families, as well as all your listeners. Best regards, Larry R. Thank you, Larry. Larry's been listening from the very beginning. Yes, thank you, Larry. But we have another Larry, who also... Another Larry. It's like, this is Larry, my brother Larry. Who wants to also send us greetings. Okay. Let me just get out my glasses here. Hey, Lynn and Jeff. Lynn. Lynn. Well, he doesn't know me very well. Okay. Hey, Lynn and Jeff. Thank you for another great year of your show. I've been with the podcast from the very beginning. I've seen you guys get better and better with your ideas and your interviews. But one thing that has stayed the same is that you guys stick to your true personalities, quirks, and all. And you always stay true to your feelings. I feel that you guys have become real pros but you'll have, but you still have the guys. We could still have a beer 
and talk about baseball and BBQ. Here to another great year, in fact, 10 more years. Well, thank you, Larry. That's very nice of you. And I want to know about our quirks. We are kind of quirky, right? <laughs> You're quirky, I know that. All right, so that's it. Guys, we gave ourselves a pat on the back. It's two years, yada, yada, yada. Let's move on. Year three starts now. Boom. Hall of Fame. Let's talk about it. All right. So, Larry. Larry. You're not Larry Lynn. No. I got Larry on the brain. Who See? Larry Lynn, Lynn. Lynn. Whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever. whatever. Just don't call me late for dinner. Okay. So, so you know, we have two new Hall of Famers that came in through the modern baseball era, era ballot. These are a committee of, I think, 16 either players, executives, Hall of Famers that vote on this ballot, and two new Hall of Famers are Marvin Miller and Ted Simmons, and congratulations to them, Marvin Miller, uh, who's no longer with us, but uh, Ted Simmons is, is uh, going to go in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. on uh, induction day. And your feelings on Ted Simmons. I'm not going to talk about Marvin Miller because it's very hard to, that's great, he's in, but we talk about players really, so... Let's talk about Ted Simmons. Well, I am going to talk about Marvin Miller. Okay, fine, that's but, fine. But first we will talk about Ted Simmons. But are you going to talk about whether Marvin Miller should be in the Hall of Fame, or are you just going to talk about him and his contribution to baseball? I will let, you my, I will let my feelings known when well, I do, oh. you know, when I talk about it. You'll just have to wait and see. Ooh, I'm looking forward to it. All right, okay. so go ahead. So talk. I just want to let you know that Ted Simmons got 13 votes out of possible 16, so he got 81 0.3%. Uh, Miller got the needed 12 votes, so he got the 75%. Other vote, oh, other candidates who did not get the 75% was uh, Daryl Evans, Dave Parker, Steve Garvey, who only got six votes. I thought Steve Garvey would get more. Lou Whitaker, again, six votes. Again, I thought he would get more. Tommy John, who, uh, who was a very good pitcher. Uh, he what, pitched for 25 years, so you have... Maybe a compiler on his side, but he, he almost got 300 wins. But I think his doctor should go into the Hall of Fame because he changed the game. Right. Would you believe Don Mattingly, Thurman Munson, and Dale Murphy each received less than three votes? That's but, unbelievable. Yeah, but, okay, so, but this is, but it's totally different voting than the regular Hall of Fame ballot. So the people on this committee change. Yes. Well, as the writers do, of course, but it's, it's different. You know, it's not, I mean, when you say the percentage and they got 12 votes and out of 16. Well, that's 75%. That's the, no, need, I know, that's the but threshold. I understand that. But this was made to get people in that didn't necessarily get in before, right? right? But what I'd like to know is who's deciding that these are the players well, that, that's... Right, that are being voted for. I mean, there's plenty of players that haven't gotten into the Hall of Fame. Why these particular players? That's a good question. I don't know who determines that. Right. But maybe we can get someone from the Hall of Fame and, and find out who, yeah. who determines it. Because, you know what? I, you have Don Mattingly on this ballot. Mm-hmm. And he was a contemporary to Keith Hernandez. Why wasn't Keith Hernandez on right. this ballot? Keith Hernandez, MVP, two-time world champion. Mattingly didn't never win a world series. He got in the playoff once. Right, right. So I mean, I'm not saying that Mattingly. But I'm saying he shouldn't be there. No, right. But but right. Why isn't Keith Hernandez being considered? And Keith Hernandez changed the position of first base. Right. And the people that voted 
who knows? Is there any kind of bias there? I oh, don't you know. Think, you think last year was uh, any kind of bias? Yeah, the Albanians right. getting last year. Yes. So that's the thing. Uh, I mean, Thurman Munson. Okay. Now uh, you mentioned Thurman Munson. Right. Ted Simmons, very good player. I don't right. know if he's Hall of Famer, but you know what? I, I would think Thurman Munson was a better player than Ted Ted Simmons. Yes. I think so. Yes. Uh, apparently, the people on this committee did not. Right. The only thing, I mean, I think Simmons played like 21 seasons. Simmons played a lot more, right. obviously, Thurman right. died tragically. Right. But, but still, who, who, you know, who would you rather have up there at a game on the line? Definitely Munson. Yeah. De- definitely. Right. And then, and then of course, Murphy was uh, two MVPs in a row. Right. I just... He had a very short peak. Right, Yes. And but that that peak was great. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it wasn't sustained. I, I guess you know that. I guess that's the way people look at it. Right. And Lou Whitaker, he should have went in. What about Parker? Parker should. I I can't believe that he, he was an incredible player. Yeah. And Garvey. When you think about the Dodgers back that with with Lopes and Say and, and Russell, right? And Garvey and Gar- that that, that I mean, infield was together like ten right, years. Right. That's never going to happen again. Yeah. I. Yeah, I don't... But talk, talk about Miller. Marvin Miller. Yeah. Len, I got to preface this by saying the Major League Baseball Players Association, the union. Right. Their union is a different animal compared to all other types of union out there. Municipal unions, uh, labor unions, you know, construction, police, fire, teachers, plumbers, blah, blah, blah. All, mm-hmm. all the unions out there. Right. Electricians. Mm-hmm. I understand it's a union in baseball, but it's so, it's, it's so much different. Let's, we have to separate that when we talk about Marvin Miller because it's, it's not, you know, it, it can't be just, you know, a union versus management. This is more, I think it's, it's much different just because of the, what's involved, I guess. Uh, I understand the issues. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the players, they, they had the reserve clause, which growing up, I was a kid, you know, I didn't know what it was. I, you know, as an adult, I understand it was, it was wrong to have that in there. Marvin Miller was one of the driving forces to, to get that out of baseball, and congratulations to him to do that. It really freed up the players. The players can go now where, where they want to go, where they, where they get paid the most. You just mentioned Garrett Cole. He got paid the most. Mm-hmm. He can go anywhere he, once he chose to go. The Yankees he could have taken less, but he went. He went for the money, which is fine. I have other issues with Marvin Miller, though, because in my formative baseball years, when the players threatened to go on strike and actually did go on strike, the face on the back pages of the newspapers was Marvin Miller. He was the face that stopped baseball, that made baseball go on strike. Now, I, no, as an adult, I understand the issue of why they did that. But as a kid, right? you know, this guy ruined, you know, I, I, I couldn't wait to watch baseball, and then it was gone. I struggle with him being accepted into a fun. And now, people, if you disagree with me, you, you say I'm crazy, you know, please give us a call. You know the number, 516-855-8214. Give us an email, baseballandbbq at gmail.com. You can comment on our Facebook page. You can tweet us at baseballandbbq. You can do it on Instagram, baseballandbarbecue, with barbecues all, all spelled out. Please, and, and you know, leave a comment. Give us a call. Let's, let's have a discussion. 
Marvin Miller, he, he, what he did for players was great. There's also things that I still take issue with. You know these guys make, what, an average $5 million? I mean, even the, even the minimum wage is like $600,000. Do you know the players still get, like, meal money for the road? Right. <laughs> I mean, come on, meal money. <laughs> Their meal money could pay salaries. Exactly. For, right. I, yeah. They, they stay at the best hotels. And I happened to be in Toronto one time on business, and the Yankees were staying at, at this hotel. It, it was the Hyatt. It was the top of the line, except outside Rodriguez had to go to another hotel because he was special at that time. <laughs> <laughs> but but so they, all, they, they used to have, they used to share a room. They have roommates on the road. Now everybody has their own suite or whatever. You know, play, you know the rookies and lower players have regular rooms. The other guys have suites. Like I mentioned, the meal money. They go first class everywhere they go. God bless them. They earned it. They they fought for it. Right. But you know, it, it still boggles my mind to get meal money, and 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 pension plan. These players, obviously, they'll never have to work another day for their life. They're, they're great great grandchildren are already, thinking, especially the ones making you know thirty minutes. And now I know not all of them do. You know, most of them. You know, even minimum wage is six hundred thousand dollars. Like I said. So the average is what five million dollars a year. I mean, these guys you never heard of getting paid millions of dollars. The pension plan is great for them, but I'm concerned about about the players before that. You know, before the the union really took charge, these players have, oh, I think, oh, a a big debt of gratitude to these guys, and the guys who played in this the fifties, the sixties, in the early seventies, they don't have much of a pension plan. They got they still have to work. uh, uh, You know. To uh, make end meet. Now, I don't. Obviously, the guys who are famous, like the Sandy Koufax of the world, the Bob Gibsons, you know, they they make money on, on endorsements, whatever. But you know, there's still plenty of hundreds of thousands of guys who never, you know, you heard of who got a, played a couple of years in the, in the league. They they're not going to sniff any pension. No, you're right. You, you guys but, could you know could throw some bucks their way. But the yes, I, and I understand what you're saying. You know what? It's these guys. You could look at it like these guys are entertainers, right? That's what you always hear. Right. So you always hear, you know, Brad Pitt will get, you know, $25 million for a movie but that takes, you know, eight weeks to make or whatever. Or Arnold Schwarzenegger will get this amount. And then and they say, because they're entertainers. Now, you're talking about the guys that came before. Well, it's the same thing in the entertainment business. Look at the guys. I, I've, I recently have been listening to... Uh, Howard Stern, and I've been listening to some of his older interviews, right? Because right. he'll he'll put that on. And I heard an interview with Bob Denver. Okay, uh-huh. Bob Denver, right? You know, it was Gilligan, right? Yeah. So you you'd think, okay, Bob Denver, you know, must have done really well. And I mean, I heard him interview in the interview. It seemed like he was okay, but you, you hear, and it wasn't just Bob Denver. It was all these older people, right? These actors and stuff, and actresses. They're not getting any kind of uh, residuals, you know. They're they're not every time the uh, an episode of Gilligan's Island is on, or an episode of the Brady Bunch, or an episode. No, I, I they don't it. get money from that. So it's it's almost like they are in the same situation as these older players. And I, there definitely should be something in place for these older players, and that that goes to all the leagues. I mean, we we talk baseball, but maybe even more so in like football. Where these guys, 
are, you know, they, they need knee replacements and all these things. So there should definitely be something. But moving forward, they it's progress. And these guys that are, I mean, I do I think Garrett Cole should have gotten all that money? That's incredible. That's a, it's a ridiculous amount of money. But people will argue they're entertainers. Right. Now, uh, specifically for Marvin Miller, now, a couple more things. You know, he, he he's very into the, obviously, the players' rights. And that, obviously, that's what we want. Right. I mean, yeah. But, there, you know, he probably wasn't involved uh, with the union in, in when it comes to all the uh, the drug testing and all that. That was after him. But it was still his, his union that really he started. And they really protected players who were using where he should have, they should have protected the guys who weren't. The union did nothing to, to really stop that. And you know sure. what? Neither did the commissioner. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that... Now, let me say this. Bud Seelig should not be in the Hall of Fame. I think he, what he did was... Yeah, he made a lot of money for the baseball. I get it. But you know what? I hate the interleague. I hate hate the uh, you know had the, the, the all star game was determined who who home field advantage. He just did so many bad uh, you know so many bad things. And who uh, Bowie, Bowie Kuhn was in, was the commissioner in the seventies. He he also uh, he instituted you know the baseball at night. So now you can't watch a, a World Series game in the afternoon anymore. That's 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 over. Um, who else? Oh, but he also was involved with the collusion thing. So and, and yeah, he's from the Hall of Fame. I don't think he should be, but that's the way it is. You know, Marvin Miller. I do have mixed feelings, and it's be only because when I was a kid, that I remember that face on the back of the newspaper. Baseball stopped. What What do you think? Well, well okay. I want to go back to to one thing though, and we talk about uh, the players and all the money they're making. Okay, if there was not money to be made in baseball, if these teams were losing money. They wouldn't be giving these outrageous oh, contracts, right? Absolutely now, true. we have in New York, we have the team, the Mets, and right now the papers are saying that, you know, Steve Cohen, right, is Sad, going to... Sadly, no relation. Right, is going to pay, uh, what is it, like $2.8 billion or something? Yeah. For not even, he won't even have the full team. No, 80%. He'll, right. He won't even, so not even the full team, and he's going to pay an outrageous sum. Now... Is he, is he paying that because it's just a vanity thing and he, to be owner of a baseball team? Or is it an investment that will eventually pay? Well, these teams, it, it, it might be in the beginning, you know, to be uh, an owner of a team, a great thing, you know, a vanity thing. When you look at the, how the Mets and all these other teams that are sold, how they increase in value and everyone says, oh, you know, back in uh, this year, they they were sold for this amount, and now they're yeah. being sold for this. So they're all uh, they're all gaining in value. Yes, and you know why? Revenues are up, and the players should absolutely share in those revenues. Right. And, and they have right. Was, yes, no one's arguing that. Right. One one more thing I wanted to say about the the players. I guess when I in my in our, our formative years, you know, baseball teams they they stay together. They obviously they don't have that anymore. No. No, it's uh, completely different. And but I want to hear your feeling on Marvin Miller because, like I said, mine are mixed. Yeah, well, you know what? Like I said, I didn't really follow the baseball executives so much, but I I think that he came in at a time he helped the players, and I think that I hated the strike too. 
I I didn't. Uh, I remember. Uh, I remember when the when the expos were. Uh, you know, remember when they were? It was the year that they had a great team, yeah, yeah. and then there was the strike. And not that I was an Expo fan, but the point was I, I just remember that season because everyone talks about how great the Expos were, and that right. was their chance, right? So that's that's a memory that sticks out. So, of course, I didn't like the strike. Just because they are... Look, it, it's very hard for us to look at it and say, how do these guys strike when they're making all of this money? But there were other issues at stake. You know, the, the fact that they don't have to stay with the same team. They can, they can move around. They can free agency. But you know there is a point. I mean, you still, when players first join a team, they get traded. You know, yeah. they could get traded. I mean, you could one day be in New York, and the next thing you're in wherever. I mean, it could be uh, all the way across the country, and and you don't have any say in the matter. Right. So, I think that which was, by the way, that what the Kurt Flood case was about. Understood, but, but still, you get traded. That's part of the contract. I, I do want to say this about the the union, though. And like I said, this is completely different than any other union there is. Right. I remember when the great the great Tony Gwynn was 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 alive. He took less money to stay in San Diego. The executives at the players' union were livid. Oh, they were they about were, that. They were pissed. Yeah, and here they 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 all for the players' freedom, what they want to do. Right, here's what the player wants to do, and they were pissed. Right, I didn't understand that at all. Yeah, well, they didn't want him setting precedent. They wanted to, they wanted the players to get the most money. I mean, because bottom line is, yeah, they 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 say they represent the players. The player made a choice. They should they should have lived with it. Yeah. I mean, remember when Avard was traded, almost traded the boss? He right. he was going to renegotiate yes, that contract and take that, less and money. Take less money. Yeah. And the player union would forbid it. Right. He wasn't allowed to. They weren't that allowed was, to do that it. It was his decision. Right. But again, apparently, it wasn't his decision. Right. So you know, the powerful players union, and they are a powerful union. Yes. Again, I, I have mixed feelings about this. All right. Well, I hear you. I say, let's move on. All right. <laughs> All right. Now, let's talk about the current. Let's talk about the current. Okay. Current barbecue. The, uh, the, the current ballot. Current ballot. Yes. The current right. ballot. So right. I want to. The current ballot. I'm going to say a name of a player, and you tell me. Okay. If they should be in the Hall of Fame. No. No, they should not. No. Or no, you're not going to tell me. <laughs> they should All not. Right? All right. So I'm just going down the list here from... All right, here we go. And, and it doesn't... When you are making your decision, don't make your decision based on what year they are on the ballot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Kurt Schilling. Yes. Okay. Believe it or not, this is his eighth year. Yeah, I know. All right. He, he, he's, he's, he's hated by the, by the uh, writers. Yeah. But he should be... I agree with you. He's a Hall of Famer. Roger Clemens. No. Okay. You're saying no because of his uh, drug use, right? The yes. Performance-enhancing drugs. What I don't understand is these players, and Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, they were going, I would say definitely yes no matter what, if they didn't use drugs. I can understand the player who needed to hold on, mm-hmm. to, to just stay in the league, to do that, take those measures. They did not need to take those measures. They were no. great no matter what. 
and right. they blew it, and they they they, right. they stained the game, and that's the way I feel. Right, and they and they were great. That's the thing. They they were great. Yes, the the performance enhancing drugs did help, but it didn't make that. It didn't take them from an ordinary player to an incredible baseball player. No, they yeah. they were great, and they didn't have yeah. to do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know what, Joe Schmo, uh, you know, need to do it. These guys didn't. All right, so Barry Bonds is next after well, Clemens, no. so we already know. Yeah. All right. See, here's an interesting one. Well, Larry Walker. Uh, Larry Walker. You know, he has that course field thing going against him. You know what? I always say if you need to think about it, then then a no. Personally, I probably would not vote for him, but I can see why people would. So the, the argument with Larry Walker, of course, like you just said, Coors Field. Okay. But then, of course, what you do, and then everybody says, well, let's look at their his stats at Coors Field and then look at his stats away from Coors Field. And, of course, the stats at Coors Field are better. Right. I have to do them with new, new uh, fangle stats, you know, the, the war and, right. and all that stuff. Right. So. I'm borderline on that, too. I mean, I, I don't know. I I would probably put him in. Uh, I'd put him in. All right, Omar Vizquel. Yes. Okay. I thought he was a fantastic. Yes. Short-handed, short. He's on. He's on the level as Ozzy Smith. Right. If Ozzy's in, he should be. In. Yes. Problem? Not problem. Ozzy had has more name recognition. Ozzy had. Ozzy right. was flashy. Right. Let's put it like okay. This. You know, yes. He's flashy. Yes. Here's where I make the. the you play you play nine innings on defense. You play nine innings on offense. Right. And yet, so you play equal amounts. Right. But yet, when it comes to Hall of Fame balloting, it's the offense that gets you in for the most part. Yes. Right. Like I said, you right. know what? You mentioned Ozzie Smith. Right. Didn't hurt that he played for the Cardinals and, and won a couple of championships. Right. By the way, you know he also played for the Padres, right? Yes. And then Brooks Robinson, another example who for his defense. Right. right. Which. I would say almost a scale would go in because right. of his, de- and I his would defense. Say, and I would say, you know, Keith Hernandez as well. Manny Ramirez. Nope. Next. Okay. Jeff Kent. Nope. See, I say yes. You say yes. I know, but well, he, you'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. I. Well, according <laughs> to what, according to the uh, the the voting, I I would be wrong. Scott Rowland. Again, no. I mean, good. Uh, all very good. Right. Exactly. Here's somebody. I he's. This is his fifth year on the ballot. I would have thought he'd be off like a lot sooner than that. He wouldn't even be on anymore. But Billy Wagner. Billy Wagner, fifth year. That's it. Yeah. Uh, you know how I feel about relievers. Yeah, but you know it's it's funny. I don't. And his stats, believe it or not, are, are better than Mariano's. If you take all those newfangled stats. You know, strikeouts per nine innings and blah, blah, blah. And, and this, you can make an argument. He was the best reliever. When I think of relievers, if I named top 10, top 20, Billy Wagner doesn't even, I, I don't even, he's not even a thought. Uh-huh. So. But statistically, he's really good. Yeah, right. For a reliever. But, right. but he, my, my but, thing with relievers, I just don't think a guy who plays one inning, who pitches 80 innings, or less a year. I mean, you know, it's, it's one inning every other day. I, I you know, my feelings. Next, right. okay, Todd Helton. No, next. Okay. This is an interesting one. Gary Sheffield. Gary Sheffield. You know what? He does have a little PED stain on him. He complains right. he didn't know. 
Yeah, like they, they all said that. You know what? He does have that magical 500 home run. Yeah. He does. But you know what? So does Rafael Pereira, and he's he has Rafael Pereira has three thousand hits and five hundred home runs, and he's off the ballot in one year because he pointed the finger right. at Congress. Right, that's and right. You know what? You know if if Bonds and Clemens get in, Rafael Pereira should be right up there with them. Yeah, well, if that happens, then when they have the vote, uh, you know, the modern day vote, right? They'll probably change things around. Yeah, but it, it, Maybe it, it, it begs it begs to you know to think about. If Bonds and Clemens are on the ballot, why isn't Palmeiro on there? Why was he always mm-hmm. off right away? Because he pointed it's, his finger to Congress. He pointed his finger at Congress. That is definitely uh, but, it. Yeah, but Gary Sheffield, <clears throat> you know what? If 500, 500 home runs is that threshold, he would be in. Yeah. But I'm not ready to put him in. I don't know. Andy Pettit. Nope. Very good pitcher. Yeah. Not Hall of Famer. Yeah, and he also... You know, has the HGH. Yeah, sorry, Yankee fans. He was a very good pitcher. Yeah. And you know what he has? He's the best postseason pitcher of all time. <laughs> right. You know, he pitched the best of all, best postseason pitcher of all time. Yeah. Now, he was he was very good. Uh, quite good. Oh, uh, very good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I like Andy Pettit. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. He was right. a great pitcher. Yeah. Not Hall of Sammy Sosa. Well, uh, you know what? He's there with Bonds and Clemens. Right. You know what? He's But, you know, why isn't he tracking it as much as they are? That's very, that's very strange. Uh, but no. Andrew Jones. Nope. Next. Uh, okay. I'm not saving. I'm just going down the list, so right. I'm not going to save this one for the end. Derek Jeter. Who? Wait, can I, Derek. What, we need to get... um Bob Shepard. Yeah, we need Bob Shepard. Right. <laughs> Derek Jeter. You know, as, as that radio broadcaster Steve Summers says, number two in your program, number one in your hearts, the uh, iconic one with intrinsic value. <laughs> <laughs> All right, is he, uh, is uh, this, it's, come on, is he a Hall of Famer? You know what, that's even, it's, it, why even discuss it, number one? Yeah. I do want to say, though, yes. there are, there are voters who only put Derek Jeter on a ballot this year and no one else. Now that's, see, that's ridiculous. That is because, oh, he's Derek Jeter. He's right. got to go in by himself. Yeah. He's the uh, iconic one, you know, the, the greatest of all time. You know what? Please. They're actually going to be Hall of Famers, I, I read, that, who are not going to show up because Derek Jeter's getting in. And we're talking about Andre Dawson and Tony Perez because Derek Jeter dumped them, fired them when he took over the Marlins. You know, Derek Jeter wasn't even the best shortstop on the Yankees. We've said this numerous times when uh, when A Rod came over. That's right. Uh, so, all right. But anyway, he's he's a Hall of Famer. Bobby Abreu. Nope. Jason Giambi. Nope. Cliff Lee. Nope. Next. Rafael Furcal. Next. Eric Chavez. Next. Eric Chavez. Next. Him too. <laughs> Josh Beckett. N- nope. Next. Brian Roberts. Next. Alfonso Soriano. Next. I can't believe it's been five, five years, years yeah. already. Wow. These, these guys are one and done. Carlos Pena. One and done. Paul Canerco. Nope. Chone Figgins. Nope. I'm probably saying that name wrong. Raul Ibanez. Nope. Brad Penny. Nope. Adam Dunn. Nope. JJ Putz. Great name. Nope. 
Jose Valverde. Nope, nope, nope. And last, and maybe least, Heath Bell. No. So there you go. That's that's the Hall of Fame ballot for this year. We know one is definitely getting in. Uh, we know the two that are already in by the uh, Modern Aaron Committee. Right. You know what? They've also going to be in another Veteran Committee vote. And Gil Hodges, I think, is on that ballot. Gil Hodges to needs to get in the Hall oh, of Fame. It's, yeah, that's... that's ridiculous that he's not in but all right now wait a second let me i'm gonna i'm gonna go back to this list why isn't jeff kent getting more consideration you don't think jeff kent's a hall of famer no i don't and you don't think he's a hall of famer because you think he was helped by bonds being on the same no, team as bonds not necessarily he has you know great what? stats yeah he does have great stats but you know what he you look you you saw him play he, he didn't think i didn't think hall of famer now, how do you feel about this? I'm, I'm looking at Kent, and then I'm thinking to myself, he has great stats, and especially great stats for a second baseman. But how do you feel about that? Like, you know, they say, well, he was a, you know, he was a great, he has great stats for a shortstop. He has great stats for a second baseman. Right. He has great stats. How do you feel about that, that, that it should go like a third baseman should have better offensive stats that, or, a, or an outfielder should have know. better offensive stats than, than a you know, shortstop. You're saying Jeff Kent has great stats, and, and he does. And he might actually have better stats than Joe Morgan and Roberto Alomar. But you know what? I'm taking those two guys over Jeff Kent every day of the week. Yes. Okay. I mean, there are other great second basemen out there. Now, I take Jeff Kent over uh, Bill Mazeroski, who I don't, th- I don't think should be all in the Hall of Fame. He had... You know, that one home run, I know he's a great defender, but he's really known for that one home run. All right, I want to see. Is there anything else that I wanted to ask you? Well, talking about Hall of Fame, why don't we do a Hall of Famer of the Day? Yeah. All right, Hall of Famer of the Day. Hall of Famer of the Day. Hall of Famer of the Day. I'm just... (laughs) For year three, we should do some kind of uh, music for that. I don't know, whatever. We'll, 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 in our production meetings, we'll have to talk about that. Right. Well, I've chosen for our Hall of Fame of the Day, when we talk about pitching, you know, who do we always compare them to? We talk about today's pitcher, you know, mm-hmm. uh, DeGrom, Cy Young Award winner. You have uh, Derek Garrett Cole. You have uh, Verlander. You have Kershaw. You, you got Scherzer. Scherzer. Strasburg. Strasburg. Right. You know, all the great people. But who do you compare them to? Oh, you compare them to Seaver. You compare them to... Bob Gibson. Yep. Bob Gibson is the Hall of Famer of the day for Baseball and BBQ episode number 49. Bob Gibson, what a tremendous pitcher. You should read the book, The Year the Pitcher, we had on uh, Sridhar Pepu, who was the author. Now, do you know his his win-loss record is, is 251 and 174? So, you know what? He did not win 300 games. Would you be surprised that his ERA is 2.91? over his career. Now, he, we know, when, when you think of Bob Gibson, you think of that magical year in 1968 when he went 22-9, did not lead the league in wins for some stupid reason, and he had a 1.12 ERA. He also had 13... A 1.12 ERA. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the next year, they, ra- uh, they, they, raised they raised the mound, the mound because yeah. of him. Right. Uh, well, not just because of him, but, you know, large part, he had 13 shutouts... He has 13 shots that year. Last year, there was not 13 shutouts, you know, complete game shutouts by anybody last year. You know, c- collectively for the whole league. 
So that was 1968. 1969, he comes back with a 20 and 13 record with 2.18 ERA. Again, not too shabby. He, he didn't lead the league though. So that was that's surprising. He had 28 complete games that led the league. Look at those stats. In 1970, he did lead the league in, in wins, 23 and seven. So he had one, two, three, four, five 20 game winning seasons. He had another couple. He had a couple of 19-game winning seasons in 18. Now, when he first started in 1959 through 1961, I would say 62, he was, uh, he was okay. Uh, 28, uh, 31, 34, and what, 30? About that. And his last couple of years, after, in 1972, he went 19 and 11 with 2.46. But after that, he fell off in 1973 with 12 and 10, 277, 74, 11 and 13, 3.83, and 75 his last year is 3 and 10. His shoulder was really bothering him. Rotator uh, cuff. Rotator. And, and, Maybe. I don't know. And he ended up with a 5.04 ERA in that year. But he spent his whole, whole entire career with the St. Louis Cardinals. He was an all-star. He was a Cy Young. He was an MVP. In 1968, Cy Young and MVP. All-star and Glover. He uh, won Cy Young twice. He was just... Greatest pitcher of that, one of the greatest pitchers of that generation. When you list great pitchers, Bob Gibson is one of them. And the funny thing is, Bob Gibson is, same year Denny McLean had a great year, but you don't even, Denny McLean doesn't sniff the, the, the great pitchers. He had, that was a great year for him, but Bob Gibson is one of the greatest. Two-time World Series uh, winner. Uh, he played in three World Series. He's two-time MVP in the World Series. Uh, he was in three World Series. They, they won two of them. And you know what? In those days, you can't get away what you do today. You know, he is a very, he was very intimidating. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's one of the things you always hear and about. He, he got right? a bad reputation thing. He was a he was not. He Now, he did pitch up and in. Yes, he did. But, you know, who had more hit by batters, hit by pitches? It was uh, Don Drysdale, who uh, was more of a... If you want, lack for a better term, headhunter. Right. Uh, and it's funny because you never think, you know, I get, I guess because of what he did afterwards with the, with the, uh, the iced tea, right? Right. Uh, Don, uh-huh. Dan, Dandy Don or whatever, Drysdale, but. Right. So he was just the, a great, great pitcher. And let's see, Vin Scully says, what does his quote by Vince Scully say about Bob Gibson? Gibson pitches as though he's double parked. <laughs> that means he got the ball and he threw right. it. Right. You know what? He did not. Uh, he did not take his time on the right. mound. And the players appreciate that. Yeah. And he. You know what? He wouldn't go seven. He'd go nine innings. He'd go the, the full nine nine innings. He. I don't know how he played. How would he be in in the league today? You know, go seven innings, seven innings, seven innings, and you're done. Well, what? He wouldn't. First of all, he wouldn't tolerate it. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> he wouldn't. So, what does that Hall of Fame plaque say? Bob Gibson, St. Louis, National League, nineteen fifty nine to nineteen seventy five. Five time twenty game winner. His three thousand one hundred seventeen strikeouts made him only the second pitcher <coughs> to reach three thousand. First man to fan two hundred more in a season nine times. Set Alan Mark with 1.12 ERA in 1968, hurling 13 shutouts. 
twice World Series MVP, setting record for consecutive victories, 7, consecutive complete games, 8, and strikeouts in a game, 17, and in a series with 35. Voted NL MVP in 1968 and Cy Young Award winner in 1968 and 1970. Won nine Gold Glove Awards. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. Again, when you think of great pitchers, Bob Gibson is definitely in there. And yet he did not win 300 games. Right. Right. He pitched pitched a long time. Yeah, he pitched enough years to win 300 games. He pitched 17 17 years. And he had a lot of double-digit wins. I guess he just, uh, the first couple and his last couple, just, uh, you know, when he first started out and then his injuries, just he couldn't quite get there. But you know what? I take him on my team any time. Yeah. But back then, 300 wins was, was, you know, was obtainable. Yes. But he was an incredible pitcher. Yes, They'll, three hundred wins now is is not obtainable at all. You know he got in alone on the writers' ballot in nineteen when, when it was nineteen eighty one. But do you know who else was on that ballot who did not get in? Don Drysdale, eventually made the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Harmon Killebrew eventually got the Hall of Fame. Uh, other Hall of Fame was on the same ballot as Bob Gibson, who did not get in at that year. Wait, Wilhelm, Juan Marichal, Nellie Fox, Red Shandies, Jim Bunning, Luis Aparicio, Richie Aspern, Orlando Cepeda, and Bill Mazarowski. Okay. They, they eventually made yeah. it into the Hall of Fame. Right. But they were Hall of Famers. They were. Okay. So, let's go back to that. Except Bill Mazarowski. I, I gotcha. do have a uh, right. but issue with that. Back then, they, they there were plenty of players that did not get in first ballot. But nope. To nope. me, if you're a Hall of Famer, you're a Hall of Famer. But do you, Bob, you, you're talking about Derek Jeter getting 100% of the vote. Do you know how much percent of the vote Bob Gibson got? Would you be surprised if it's 84%? I am. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, who did not? It wasn't that the people didn't think he was a Hall of Famer. They just didn't want to put him in that year. Right. That's maybe the, because of the other players on the ballot, they thought maybe uh, they should give him, them the vote instead. Of, but, you know, Bob Gibson was a no-brainer. And yet he only got 84% of right. the vote. Right, he was a no-brainer. T- times are much, much different. Yeah. Okay, Seaver, Gibson, those guys should have been unanimous. Yeah. Right? Yeah, of course. I, I, to just, just to, but now because, you have the first right. unanimous. Right. Now it's, oh, you know, like you have the, the halo music. Oh! I didn't even, you know what? I didn't even need to. I I know the the buttons to push to get you going, and I didn't even. I was gonna say, but Mariano is the first oh! unanimous. Yeah, a relief pitcher. Yeah, a relief pitcher. Ah, oh, please give okay. me Bob Gibson any day. Who is, in your estimation, and I know I'm putting you on the spot. You haven't had a chance to look into yeah, this. Bob Gibson pitched 300 innings a couple of years. I got gotcha. you, but. Relief pitchers, and I know you're feeling our relief pitchers, but of the relief pitchers that are in the Hall of Fame, who really do you feel should definitely be in there, deserves to be in there? I would say the pitchers in the 60s and 70s who went three innings, who came in in the seventh inning with a man on, two men on, and one man out, 
and then pitch the rest of the game. You're talking about Raleigh Fingers. Right. You're talking about Rich Gossage. Right. Sparky Lyle, who's not in the Hall of Fame, but those type of guys. Uh, Eckersley? Eckersley, again, he, the one who started the one-inning. Tony LaRusso started him with the one-inning thing. Okay. I don't know. Eckersley, you know, he was a great great starter. Right. And and then a great one-inning guy. Well, I mean... One-inning! You also had... I always thought that on the Yankees... What's his name? That they made uh, a, um, he he pitched a no hitter. Oh, Vergetti. Yeah. yeah, and then they made him. Then they made him. I never understood that. Now maybe I, I don't know. I was young when that happened. Maybe it was, it was a well, team guy. They needed someone for the bullpen. Yeah. You know what? John, John Schmoltz did it. Yeah, I and I and right. He he did not get three hundred wins because he spent. I think I think it was three years, guys. If uh, if I'm wrong, correct me. Uh, give us a call. Let me know how many years it was. But I think he spent three years as a reliever. Okay, but Rigetti. I, now I don't know what kind of career Rigetti would have had, but they made him a reliever, and then they kept him as a reliever. Yeah, and he was a very good reliever. But I wonder. You, you wonder what kind of trajectory his career would have had if he stayed a starter. Could he have been a Hall of Famer? We'll never know. Right, those pl- back then, you, those players, they they did what they were asked. Well, I don't know about he did. Maybe not all players would have done that. Right, I don't know, but but he did. All right, so Jeff, Hall of Fame. We we talked about all the players, uh, the the ballot, all that, and now. Len, let's transition to barbecue for a second. I saw something in the newspaper, and I'd like to get your opinion on it, okay? Sure. This is in the New York Post on December 18th, 2019. A little barbecue story we got going here. This is how they do BBQ down under. Temperatures in Australia are so hot right now that a man from Perth was able to cook a 3.3 pound piece of pork inside his car. Stu Pendley said he placed the meat on a metal tray in front of his front seat Friday morning. Ten hours later, it was ready to eat. And he had cut off a bit and chowed down. Wow, so his car is his cooker. His car is his cooker. (laughs) His car is a smoker. Yes. (laughs) It took him uh, ten hours to cook it, but, you know, low and slow. Actually, that's normal. That's normal, right? Maybe not for three and a half What'd you say? It was three and a half pounds. Yeah, three and a half pounds. Yeah, that's a little long for three and a half pounds, but okay. So you know what? That that makes me think of all the great barbecue that we had that wasn't cooked in a car. You know, we went to we we talked about it in the opening. All the you know the barbecue things that we did, but we're in the future in our in our third year. We're planning on continuing our barbecue tour. Right. So again, we went to a Smokehouse, and there's plenty of. Uh, restaurants around we spoke to dave marks of operation barbecue relief and i don't think that uh, we could possibly give that organization enough uh, what do you call it, props 
right. or compliments or or just the the respect that that organization deserves. I mean, I just saw them doing something. Oh, I, I was on Facebook or something where they were cooking like 5,000 meals for, I, I forget exactly for who, but it was just, these guys are always doing something for other people. If you want a perfect example at the holiday time of, of you know, people giving of their time, that's a perfect organization. Yes. So the, we, of course, went to events. Barbecue Guru, love them. Also want to thank them. They sent you the hat. That's ah. right. Jeff mentioned the hat in the last episode. And don't you know it? Right away, they said, oh, Jeff's got to have a hat. Thank you, Lisa Joe, <laughs> And her mom. And her mom. Joanne. Joanne, thank you. <laughs> and uh, so thank you, guys. It, it's been a great year, and we're going to do a lot more with barbecue. Maybe we'll cook something in the car. Maybe, maybe we will. <laughs> and guys, give us a call. Communicate with us. Tell us what you want to uh, hear from us. Give us a call, 516-855-8214. Email us, baseballandbbq at gmail.com. Go on our Facebook page, leave a comment. Tweet us, at baseballandbbq. Instagram, Baseball and Barbecue, Barbecue all spelled out. Our website, www.baseballandbbq.weebly.com. And coming in 2020, more video. Check out our YouTube page. Yes, we have YouTube. So take a look at that. We will do more video. And I forget, when did we go to, um, uh, whose, whose grave was that that we went to? Oh, uh, John Montgomery Ward. Yeah. Did we do that in the second year, the first year? It was between the first and second year. <laughs> okay. So we're we're definitely going to do plenty of road trips right, in we, the new year. We, we want to go to Lou Gehrig's uh, final yes. resting place and Babe Ruth. Yes. yes. That's right. So, guys, plenty of authors. We're looking forward to it. Can't wait. Let's do a third year. Yes. You got it. All right. All right. With that, I am Jeff. I'm Len. See you next time.